Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Georgian trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! What up, what up? My name is Nick Ingvall, and this is the Sneaker History Podcast. For me, sneakers has never really been about the shoes. It's been about the people. Sneakers have been the connection to friends, business partners, unforgettable stories and memories, and opportunities that I could have never imagined. My goal has always been to create something that opens doors for others to find ways to do something they're passionate about for a living. If you're already a member of the Sneaker History Discord, you know how great the community we have is. It's so much more than sneakers. When someone needs some help getting through a tough time, the community is there. When someone in the community drops a new product line or publishes their first YouTube video, everyone is quick to support. That's why this year we'll be launching a series of new podcasts directly from the community. The first is a Formula One-focused podcast hosted by myself, Rohit Malhotra, and Todd Yates, where we hope to make becoming an F1 fan a little easier and give you a better understanding of the sport whether you're just starting to watch or a longtime fan, you can check it out at exhaustnotes.fm or linked in the description for this episode. As always, thank you for supporting Sneaker History, and don't forget to tell someone you like their kicks today. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall. I'm with my guys, Robbie and Rowett, to talk some kicks, to talk some all-star kicks specifically. But more importantly, what's good, fellas? How you guys doing? I feel like it's been a minute since we've all been on together. It has been a minute, and I mean, we got the West Coast explosion. Shout-outs to Mike, hopefully holding things down for Team Guillory. My man is living the thankless life of being a dad, but you know what? We all appreciate what Mike does on and off mic, so hang in there, Mike. That's a lot of mics. Microphone and mic, just to clarify. Yeah. Not when mic's on mic. <laughs> Which brings me to racks on racks on racks. I'm good. Um I'm good, man. This a, a lot going on in a good way. It's has been a while since we've all been together. This recording once a week thing, kind of hit or miss now. If you, if you to see another person, so happy to see everybody. Yeah, the, the timing's a little weird, and like for some reason, I feel like we've all had like little things here and there. Just been like, ah, not today. Just promise me whenever we get the whole band back together again, we get the tasteful uh, Charlie Pluth mo- montage of it's been. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> the floodgates of tears will open once all four of us are here and it truly will feel like a sneaker history episode. But True. either way, we move on. That's me ugly crying. Just trying to yeah. ugly cry. Yeah. Cry. <laughs> this is happy times, though. This is being all star extravaganza. This is good stuff. Yeah. It's- yeah. All star game is always like, you know one of the most important things of the year. But before we get into that, most important thing of the year for us would be that we just need you guys to leave us some reviews. 
We, we haven't been able to read any reviews. So get creative, get funny, get entertaining, be dramatic Hack if you need to. Phone, yeah, whatever you got to do. Stranger off the street, take their phone, Mom, steal it, write a review, give cousins, it back. You know, lie. Yeah. Clone yourself. Clone yourself. Yeah. Open up a line of credit in your child's name. Actually, don't do that, but give them a fake account so they can also write a review for us. Right. We I want to. I want to hear. Like, I want to. I want to read. I love these guys. They're so great. From Grandpa's burner iPhone, nineteen thirty-eight, or something like that. You know. Listen, we have a young demographic. Our young demographics tend to give these tutorials on how to use technology. <laughs> Let me help you with the curriculum. Showcase that elderly person in your life how to write a review. Join a message board or a Discord and just preach good internet etiquette. And what better way to do that than writing your boys a review? <laughs> so true. It's the only proper thing to do, right? <laughs> yep. Oh, help me and help you. All right. Well, all star all star shoes are are you know we could you could probably talk for like six months straight on all star shoes because it's basically when every brand goes as hard as they possibly can. Other than the last two years, it's been a little weird because of COVID, you know, like there's been some uh, challenges, let's say. But normally we kind of start back in the day and work our way forward. But today we're going to start last year and work our way backwards. So um, I'm going to I'm going to let Robbie talk about this first shoe because, you know, it's, it's Robbie and it's a Kobe. So. Yeah, I mean, of course, as my printer starts going off, um, didn't realize my printer was next to me. But, hey, it happens sometimes. So we're talking about the Julius Randle, Kobe goodness, right? Yep. Okay. The Gumbo League stuff. The, yeah, no, the All-Star, yeah. Right? The All-Star All-Star. Zoom 6 Kobe Pro Tro. Yep. I think it was, I forgot what the... Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. See, the, the, the Pro Tro stuff throws me off because, I mean, him and wearing... Kobe stuff has been from day one, but yes, Julius Randall in his solo and looking like his only all-star appearance um, with the six pro tro one that definitely fell victim of COVID, right? I mean, it fell victim of COVID supply issues. It fell victim of tragedy, fell victim of, I don't know, a, a lot of being worn by Julius Randall. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it would have been great. I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, what's his face? Um, uh, the guy from the Bucks who looks like Kobe, Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton. He gets like all the Kobe PEs yep. in the All Star game in, in life. It would have been nice to see him featured on here again to wear the six Pro Tro. But um, such a great shoe, man. That, that gradient fade. I think the six in any flavor. That was a great Nike ID option for a long time. It's gradient fades and red to black. You cannot go wrong. Now, you can't really go wrong, and I know that the Grinch tends to take all the six headlines, but this is a very decent, if not excellent, shoe. And yeah, in a way, and maybe this is me being a hater, it's attributed to the false down of the New York Knicks because it seems once a decade they seem to be competent and then they regress to the mean in terms of ineptitude. But I don't know. I'm really hoping that because DeMar DeRozan has had this breakout season again, if you can have a breakout season after being an established presence in the league, maybe we get some off the world, uh, what is it? out of this world, Kobe seven colorway, because I believe he's a starter. If not, he's at least on the roster. So that's my high hope for this upcoming all-star game. He is starting interestingly enough in a good way. Yeah. I just like, I guess on that Kobe note, I just saw, um, I just watched it. The uh, Devin Booker, like tour of his house on 
uh, fancy cribs. architectural digest. Yeah. But it was cool to see some of the, some of the sneakers in his closet and stuff in that episode. But made, I always think of him now with Kobe's too. It's like him and Damar are the two guys that I just instantly think of when I think of Kobe PEs. And it's interesting. Cause like, there's a lot of guys that have PEs, but then there's like guys that have like PEs, like depth, like they've got like depth of PEs to go, you know, to your point, like some sevens even where like most people didn't get them. You know, the Chris Middleton shoes are like really unique on the Bucks colorways, but like, I think I've only seen him wear like two or three different colorways. So really interesting. Um, the, going like a, a year further back an even weirder all-star game, I guess, because we didn't know that it was about to all come crashing down after the all-star game. Um, talking literally about like right after what's that? It was like literally like the week after. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, February, 2020, you got, you know, LeBron in the, in the 17, but it was like, I guess like forgotten really quickly. Right. Because, uh, Oh, what's his name? Did the mic touch thing. And, and who was it that did the mic touch thing? And uh, like basically got all the reporters sick. Oh, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I yes, forgot his name. He was coughing on all the, yes. Yeah. Greatest Funny French guy. contribution to this century is Rudy Gobert spreading COVID. <laughs> it's the most As offensive it, thing he's done. As it has to be. I mean, so that LeBron, so the the Space Jam, New Beginnings, whatever it's called, Next Beginnings, that's the one that was like mainly featured. But Spicy P, spi- uh, Spicy Spicy P, Pascal Sialcom had, a, I believe it was a KD-13 no, KD12. Um, gorgeous, like baby blue colorway. Devin Booker had a Kobe 4 Pro Tro with like, all black with a little bit of like orangey red on the toe. Um, it's, it was the time where, I guess we're still in this time, right? Where it's like Nike isn't putting the same um, like signature basketball money into these games. The players have their stuff. This, the, the Monstar Space Jam thing, I think, was more of a tie in that happened to be the best venue for it as all-star weekend, but that wasn't an all-star shoe. It was like, Oh, let's just debut this here. Cause it's the big stage. Why not? Yep. Um, we've point. been a couple of years removed from, I think it's, it's definitely digressed back to like the nineties the where it was okay, wear whatever you want. Kind of, if you have something new to debut, like a uh, penny, debuted the penny three in the all-star game, like what, 97, 98. So it's like, hey, let's, let's use this to do something, but we're really not going to release anything for like, you know, special occasion yeah and just just to kind of fill everybody in we're we're, we're basing we're going off this list that complex that complex put together um last year for all-star game just so we can kind of have the uh, the outline but we're just going off of what they said was the best shoe of the game and then we'll talk a little bit about some of the other shoes obviously because um we all got our opinions and i would never put the lebron 17 on any of these greatest shoe lists no matter what but that's if just me i'm not a fan a of the pair. 17. I have to say, if you the, the seventeen, I have the white men can't jump like the the force pair, extremely comfortable. They look great when he looks down on foot. You 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 got, you got to wear them to believe, but that's definitely a kid shoe with all that purple and green and all that stuff. So it's does the tongue the the tongue rub on your like top of your foot weird? Because that's I tried them on in like a Foot Locker after the fact when they were just sitting, and I still didn't pull the trigger because the tongue came up weird on my. Like, I mean, I could wear long socks with it and it'd probably be fine. 
but it's just one of those things, you know, some of those shoes, like it reminds me of the KD, uh, what was the super flat, the KD seven super flat yes. and a long tongue. And it just felt annoying to me. I love, I love the silhouette, but I think the tongue just didn't vibe with me personally. That's how I felt about the 17. I only worn it one time. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't have an issue with it though. That one time I wore it, but I don't remember off the top. A lot of shoes, like these recent stuff, if you're like into performance basketball, you remember, or if you're into these athletes, you remember the shoes. But even as we go into 2019, uh, they have the Watch the Throne. LeBron 16 is like the best shoe of the game. I know Mike would agree. It is a very good looking shoe. But I mean, the Harden Volume 2 was also in that game in like a really clean, like light colorway, like a kind of, it looks ghostly. It's not ghost, but um. I think the Harden really doesn't get enough vol. It doesn't get enough love, especially in retrospect. I think people just feel some kind of way about James Harden. It's like, oh, I'm just going to disregard these shoes. But Harden Volume 2, when you look back at it, has aged very well over a couple of years, and it still looks really good. Like, uh, that was one of my favorite shoes. I would not have put the LeBron up there. I would have put, like, the Harden, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, did was it Russ that wore the, like, almost undefeated-looking 30 what is that a 32 with a like I full so. strap thing I think yeah. that was that same year right I believe it was too or maybe no because Russ would have had his why not line somebody wore the 32 I think that's the 32 that had that like li- really interesting lacing system that like quick no the 33 system. had the pool 32 33, was just like 33. the Jordan 2 the 33 yeah. had the laceless pool and that good stuff but still I mean that didn't stick around very much. It's, I mean, that would have been pushed by, like, you know, Kemba Walker, um, Jimmy Butler at the time. Yeah. And it's I like just that. looked up the all-star shoe from the 2019 game that Russ wore, and my goodness, it is a cavalcade of colors. So Yeah, it's like a wild why not. own the game right? colorway. Yeah. Yep. What shoe was it, though? Was it the Russ Book Volume 1 or 2? Why not 0.2? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great shoe. I'm, um, oh, I believe for sure. It's camo-y, right? It has camouflage on it. It's camo-y, and then it's got that bright green heel tab. Damn. See, that's off the top. Weird things you remember. But yeah, oh, I mean, that's design-wise, that's a great shoe. Yeah. It's one of my favorite designs of the past 10 years. It was uh, LaMarcus Aldrich who wore that undefeated-looking 33. Yeah. Mm. Which might be the Travis Scott, because Travis Scott's oh, 33 yeah. uh, was undefeated-looking, or yep. Cactus Jack-looking. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. of. Yeah. I mean, this LeBron's an, an easy de facto um, for people to latch on to, but a lot of other good stuff in that game. Totally. Um, and I think, I think the, uh, I think the interesting thing about the, the LeBron 16, all, all the LeBrons where they try to tie in other LeBron stories, I don't think they did as well as they, as, as well as like the sneaker media kind of put them out there as, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I think that shoe is beautiful. LeBron 16 watch the throne is a gorgeous shoe, but it wasn't like impactful in any way. People don't remember it compared to a lot of the stuff that was on the court. And because LeBron wears so many different things, you know, how many people even remember what shoe he wore for all-star versus what shoe he wore in the tunnel that year, or, you know, for whatever other thing that he was like, got the, the quintessential, like, you know, front page photo type experience going on. But mm-hmm. I was going to say that was also the first LeBron in a little bit that had the swoosh on it again. Right. Because I think the 14 and the 15 were swooshless. 
yeah, big swoosh with. Yeah. Yep. And that's a good one. Good way to transition to 2018 was, was kind of one of the most awesome streetwear moments because LeBron wore those crazy Kith uh, LeBron 15s with all the floral print and embroidery on them, which, you know, gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that I would ever wear that shoe, but I would look at it for hours on end if I had a pair. If I had a $5,000 Gucci shirt like The Rock used to wear in WWF, I would rock those shoes. But yeah, otherwise, those would definitely be behind a glass cube and they would commemorate my office. The 15, I have a pair. They're, they're very hard to wear. Um, but I mean, a great kit. I love Kith. I love LeBron. It's a match made in heaven. But in that same game, you have DeMar DeRozan and the red undefeated Kobe 1 Pro Tro. That's pretty hard to top. Um, LaMarcus Allridge in a 32 low, a very clean white and black colorway, like an Oreo looking thing. Fire. Um, Giannis and the Kobe AD mid in two different colorways throughout the game. Back when he was still being challenged by Kobe, you know, go be great. Go be MVP. Um, lots of other good options there. But um, I'm, I'm particularly into that uh, undefeated Kobe one pro tro like undefeated did for, you know, undefeated Phoenix, LA, all these different areas, yep. different colorways and camouflage. And I think that red one's one of the best. It's amazing. Um, what's funny. So Joel Embiid in the Adidas uh, mad bounce PE. I'm sure everybody remembers that one, right? <laughs> oh man. All right. So our speechless yeah. responses let you know that yes, those are definitely one for the memory. Yeah. Long. yeah. It's funny because, like, even when, like, I don't know if you guys saw that, like, Joel had just a ridiculous, like, play was last night or night before, where he's, you know, about to take a three, splits the defense right down the middle, dunks on somebody. And I was just like, this is, like, this guy's amazing. But I still don't remember what shoes he wears. Under Armour, his own, he's a second, maybe they're on the third now. He's on, like, on the Embiid two or three. Yeah, Joel Embiid, come to Sneaker History and talk to us about your line because this is absurd that we don't know. And you're having a monster season. You are truly the last dominant big man. Shout out to Shaq. But yeah, we this cannot be accepted. We need to know more about your line because Under Armour is not doing it, unfortunately. But they do a lot of other good things. Yeah, explain the process. Let's let's explain try that. the process. Trust it and then explain it. Process is over. The process okay. is dead like Barney. Um, so 2018, we got that Kith. The following year, John Wall, he was an all-star at one point. What? That's crazy. Um, and the trophy room 17. That's what they put. They as in complex. 16, John right? Wall in the trophy room 17. 16. Which is a good look. Yes. Pardon me. Yeah, 16. It is a great looking shoe, I think. It's a very, it's a pretty shoe. But best game, best shoe of the game? No, I don't know about that. And the thing is, as I'm reading the article, I wonder, would this shoe be even more popular had the game started or continued to remain in Charlotte? But because there was the legislative battle around, I believe it was a trans bill, we had to move the game to New Orleans. And I kind of feel that to your point, and hopefully I'm teeing you up perfectly, Robbie, it's not as memorable of a shoe. Like, what were you thinking would be more memorable from that year? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, so what I remember it as is the first and I think the only year they tied Black History Month into the All-Star Kicks. Like, All-Star Kicks were the Black History Month shoes. Um, Katie, LeBron, Kyrie, all got black, white, and gold shoes. Um, 
to that point, I was thinking about it before we started recording. I think that's a really smart way to angle these shoes going forward. I don't know why they didn't do it more. Um, you don't always have to do, you know, the same BHM print or black and gold, but those two events, I mean, all-star weekend taking place during black history month, I think really lends itself to have like a genuine conversation through shoe storytelling and, you know, financial initiatives and X, Y, Z. You can do so much cool stuff. If you tie all-star weekend from Nike into Black History Month, proceed, you know, whatever city you're in, there's many things you could do. Um, and they only did it this year in 2017. I found that very interesting. They're like, all right, all-star shoes aren't selling that hot. Black History Month shoes aren't selling that hot. Let's just put them together. And I think that is a good idea. I think the the brands all struggle with like when to go hard with an initiative, right? Because February, especially, right? You also have the Super Bowl mixed in there. And I think that they just, you know, it's it's probably just one of those situations where, like, sometimes things get approved and sometimes they don't and people move on from companies. So, like, there's probably not consistency even within the people that are working on a particular project year to year to even have these conversations, right? We as, you know, fans of everything are paying attention, but, like, are there people there that are paying attention enough to remember, like, all those things throughout the years or do they good job? Do they do a good job of sharing that information with the next person that takes on their role as they move up or onward to another company? So but, yeah, I, think I think the other thing point. is as well, the product timelines, right? A lot of these shoes are kind of developed and finalized 18 months before any sort of release date. And so I do wonder like to your point, Nick, like hindsight, what happens? Like, is it something that maybe we need to make shoes with a quicker timeline? And granted, that's an absurd thing to say, especially given all the supply chain issues we as a society are running into, but I feel you on that. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, I think that's one thing that's like exciting about where we're headed with stuff, right? Like a lot of the printing, a lot of 3d printing type stuff, and a lot of the, the materials that are being used. I feel like we're all trying to like, as a whole, the industry is trying to shorten all of these things, but not even just to make them shorter. Like, yeah, that the business side is a, is a reason to make it shorter, but also like just from a, you know, environmental side, right? Like, you know, all this stuff of shipping and all the delays that we've been dealing with for the past two years are kind of a reminder of like, Hey man, we could do this in our backyard. It would be way easier than trying to do this crazy six to nine month period between a shoe being thought of and produced. So, but mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Let's, let's jump into 2016 though, because there's a few interesting ones from 2016 that I like, that. actually remember. Um, Oof. they have the, the air Jordan 30 cosmos, Russell Westbrook. I actually like that shoe. I, it's the correct answer. I, I think it's, I think it's probably the correct answer. The shoe that stands out to me from that year is whatever the way of Wade shoe that Dwayne Wade wore. That was like all chromed out, like the old C dub Webers. Yeah. That's uh, like the three or the four, but, um, that's the, a choice. <laughs> that is a shoe. So, I mean, what sucks is like easily the worst. And this is Kobe's last all-star game and, and wearing the um, 11 with that ugly ass Northern lights. They try to do a whole Northern light thing. It's like, fuck, that looks bad. Um, but one of the first gifts I ever got in sneakers, a pair sent to me, was the LeBron 13 all-star. And I've never had more of a brick metaphorically and physically. <laughs> 
Like, thank you so much, individual who sent me those shoes. I'm incredibly appreciative. Uh, they, they they complete the LeBron lineage in the closet now because I didn't have to buy a 13. So it's great. But that shoe has foam posit splatter on the side that is just tough um, patches everywhere. And when you don't, there's this Velcro, like the, the, the Velcro catch everywhere, that material, that soft kind of material that looks awkward on shoes if there's not a patch over it in my opinion it's a lot of awkward on that shoe i love that shoe i'm but an I'll awkward individual it. oh i hate that shoe like uh, I, I, to this I, day i don't think it's been worn i think Alligator it's still dead stock. i'm scared to wear mine because to your point those patches are going to fall off and then i'm gonna be like okay if i try to flip these because you know maybe there's somebody out there that would want such an oh. ugly shoe no yeah. they brought up tongues man that tongue too is like five inches high it's it's insane it makes no sense it, some of the there i the best way to describe some of the lebron shoes are postmodern. nah <laughs> jason was just smoking crack on that one like that was just a that was a mistake but you know we all have them nobody's perfect i make mistakes i made two mistakes today <laughs> alone so <laughs> who am i to judge anybody on this earth i'm not qualified but the 30 cosmos is definitely the correct i still when that shoe pops up, even worn, people want my 254. And I, I almost bite. It's, like, it's a gorgeous, weird shoe. Another one you really can't wear daily, but yeah, gorgeous looking. There's a few other interesting things about 2016 that I, that I want to point out. There's like the Hyper Rev, the Hyper Live, the Hyper whatever. Like It's like three or four different Hypers. And the Nike had, you know, Paul George, Draymond. Uh, Did they have a James Harden? Demarcus. Shoe? I think it was, was, yeah, no, Harden, Harden was just into. That was his first year, first year of the Adidas. Cause, oh, that was first year, cause I keep thinking run the one was that year. 2015 that. was the run the one. Yeah. No, I mean, there's run the one and that's a whole different shoe, oh, but um, Air Max, run the one Audacity. is 2014. Ah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Nick, but, but your cousins, point is speaking of uh one time, well, I guess two time all stars, but one John Wall is actually on this list with a, with French blue retros again. So <laughs> maybe he just gets selected to be the retro guy. That'd be cool. John Wall keeps it real, man. I mean, yeah, for as much as I don't like him, he keeps it real. And I, I, I cannot, I can't fault for you. If you're your authentic self, you're, I can't fault you for that. Yeah. Um, but to row its point, 2015 is where we had. The um, the last James Harden shoe. Um, that's where we had the, the kind of like Brooklyn transit, uh, like subway maps throughout the inside of the shoe. I have two of those shoes. I have the Kobe 10 All-Star and I have those James Hardens you speak of. No, I sold those James Hardens to which you speak. They're no longer in my possession because um, they weren't very comfortable. But I still have the Kobe 10s up there. Um, really good looking Hyperdunk 2015s. Um, Jordan branded like a whole snowy white thing for some fucking reason i think it was one of the last years we had a mellow shoe good times man i love good that times. Kyrie one that's one of the few that i have from my Kyrie collection that i'm really proud of and yeah even though it's seemingly a drab colorway when you read about it it really is vibrant when you look at it in person and to your point the subway motif really pops off the shoe box as well as on the sneaker itself so i think they made the right choice from a complex perspective yeah, I like I like that shoe a lot. I mean, it's just it's it's like simple from a you know silhouette aspect, but like all the different elements of materials and layers and textures make it really interesting. I've had two pairs of those in my life, and neither one are in my possession. It's 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 a cheap feeling shoe. They look good, but when they're on foot, it feels like you're wearing 
cardboard plastic and some zoom air and it was priced that way too though so it wasn't right. priced like a premium model so i get it but that was a flimsy mother sucker um, we should probably point out too that the uh, jerseys in 2015 were a little questionable oh sus nothing on the front basically yeah yeah very sus um not as sus as 2014's that gumbo the, the sleeve era it was era. funny. They, they even had the flex. <laughs> they had the flex weave from like I'm wearing a jersey from like here to here. The flex weave it's like we know the shit sucks, so we got to put something here that actually moves. <laughs> yeah, um, but I'll never forget LeBron beating the Warriors in that black Cleveland. That that was sick. Like the black, the just the big C, the black T-shirt looking. That that that's a good look. That's one of the rare good looks. But this All Star game is not a good look. That was also the year where LeBron famously like ripped it to make it like a more traditional basketball jersey, you know, because he was getting so constricted by that. And that was the whole tying back to I'm a Nike guy. This is kind of why I did it. But yeah, Adidas historically makes bad performance apparel for athletes. I've 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 owned more than one Adidas like NBA jersey and they God, they stunk like those were not good products. The Reebok too. So Reebok was bought by Adidas. Was like, hmm. We see you have that contract with NHL and uh, NBA. We're going to go and buy you. And then they do a horrible job. But the Reebok ones were also bad. And it's like you go from champ, you go from champion to Nike to Reebok to Adidas. And I mean, the Nike speaking, quality can be. Suspect. I was going to say, speaking of Bayou, the Gumbo King. I did like this because of the fact that it continued, or maybe this was the start of the Gator motif. Because to Robbie's point about the 13s, that was the culmination of it. But there was something goofy and um, unique enough about this shoe that I was like, okay, I messed with this heavy, and I like the Gator shoe, like we previously said. But I was just wondering who decided to associate an alligator with LeBron because historically he's been a lion guy. <laughs> I mean, you got to do what you got to do when you're when you're sticking to the theme, right? I guess, but I mean, they took the theme over for a couple of years because, like, okay, I get it. One year, you're in New Orleans, got the gumbo. He's the Gator King. I think that's what the shoe was actually called. Yes. Before we had a Tiger King, we had a Gator King, <laughs> and then the thirteen happened. So, so I, I got a little story a... from from 2013 New Orleans. I actually uh, this was kind of like one of my first like big things to do outside of just writing and editing and traditional like web content. So when I took a job at finish line, um, I had no idea what I was doing in terms of like, you know, 2013, nobody knew how to live stream an event, you know, successfully. Right. But we set up a court in a mall in new Orleans and worked with under armor, had Steph Curry come out in the under armor anatomic spawn I won't comment on whether that's a good shoe or not, but I do have a handful of pairs of various colorways and PEs because, you know, once you work on a project, you get like totally emotionally wrapped in to this. But uh, Steph Curry came out to the mall and we live streamed the whole thing with Jacques Slade, Yoanti. Um, I think we had uh, we had Grant SC Nose on uh, social doing the photography and some of the video stuff. We had Jordan Ramirez, who uh, now runs Steph Curry's brand uh, content. Um, yeah, just a, a phenomenal group of people that came through. Nightwing was involved. I think we did like we pulled a bunch of people who couldn't make the trip to All Star to to be a part of the live stream and talk about it as it was going. And I shit you not, I I I went from the court in the middle of the mall 
Thank God Radio Shack was still in business. Went down, ran down to Radio Shack at least five or six times because we needed cords to get extended. We were like, can we connect to the Wi-Fi? Can we hardwire to the Wi-Fi? Can we move the mics? The table was set up in the like it was the most chaotic experience behind the scenes I've ever experienced. And of course, like I was like so sure that we could do it that I was like, my boss was like, if you screw this up, you know, it's, it's probably, it's it's probably over for you. Yeah. You're never working in this industry again. <laughs> that's that's that was basically the conversations that we had. But uh it ended up really amazing and Steph Curry lost a game of horse to a little like eight year old kid who was just on fire shooting buckets that day. So I will never forget 2013 and I will never forget even on the court, how most of the shoes in my opinion were just horrendous. (laughs) He let that kid win. Let's be, let's be, let's be completely honest. I mean, the kid was, the kid was, I don't know if the video is still up, but the kid was like, I don't think the kid missed, like, you know, we did basically horse around the perimeter, right? So it was like yeah. six or I think it was six shots all the way around. I think the kid went six for six and Steph went like four for six. But like, you know, I mean, it is it's in a mall. It's in a like roll in cheap plastic, yeah. you know, hoop or whatever. But it was one of those things. Um, yeah, he's living. I, I said 2013, but 2014 was that was the year. It was I just wild can't believe the shoe is called the anatomic spawn. Or- yeah. I just I mean, wish they would have got an actual Spawn comic book collab going with it for that. Like that would have been enough for me to just be okay with the name and the oddity. I always that thought that too. Last part on the Gumbo League, row it to, to your Gator thing. There was definitely a synergy meeting at Nike and they were like, all right, what is a lion in Gumbo <laughs> country? <laughs> like Gator. Gator. Gumbo. What's the equivalent? Which I think that would be right. Gator, lion, predator, alphas, yeah. you know, dope shit only. Who knows? Um, and then so let's go one year back to the probably the most continuously talked about modern Jordan model, right? I think everybody who's ever worn a pair of 20 is like, damn, these are comfortable. And they'll tell somebody 10 years later, eight years later, damn, those were comfortable. And that, that conversation will always be, damn, those were comfortable. Because, yeah. damn, they were comfortable. So, hundred percent, not wrong. That was one of my first installs in in Vegas. I went to a whole his um, flight event, and um, that was a that was a solid solid time. Gorgeous shoe though, perfect shoe. Um, I would still pick that one. It's probably my favorite of of the bunch. I, I would say Complex got that one correct. Do you guys have any other maybe favorites or contenders? Yeah. The only thing about the 28 is I personally didn't like the look of having the shroud up. So I like the SE that had the, or, or even the mellow M9, no M10. Well, the M10 year, was nice. It was really nice. Cause it had the same cushioning, a little bit thicker materials, a little bit nicer, but like it, it didn't, it didn't really live up to the 28 because the 28 was also super lightweight. That was like, yeah, it was just like amazing. Mellow has like, a flight plate. Also, I feel like that's it. we'll all be having the back in my day. That was the most comfortable shoe ever for like the next 50 years. Like they won't be, they won't have a shoe that like replaces that because you went from like, you've had better shoes since then, arguably, right? The 29 was 20, the 29 and 30 were 31. were all pretty popular. Not the 31, the 29 and 30 on court were, were, you know, given really good reviews. 
but the 28, because it was the first time you got to feel that unlocked zoom and they moved the bags to below, it was like, what, what is this? It's the flight plate. And I mean, if you've never worn a pair, it's a pair of Jordans with a carbon fiber shank in the middle that you can actually contort left to right. There's so much flex in that shoe left to right. It's It makes no sense how... I mean, I guess it explains how planes exist because, like, engineering wise, that shoe doesn't make sense. So, no, how did metal flight. fly? I don't know. But, no, I was going to say, I just want to shout a special mention to the Kobe 8 from that particular All Star game because I really love the Cheeto minty colorway there. And I think even the LeBron 9, which, or sorry, the LeBron 10, which is that purple joint that if you took a picture of it, it lit up like the night sky. So, those are the two shoes for me that they don't hold, hold the candle to the 28, but I just have special memories of those two particular shoes because I don't know, I'm, I'm a sucker for Kobe 8 and I was really hoping that we got to go through this entire Pro Jero life cycle that we would give the 7 and 8 more the 8 the proper shine that it deserves. The 8 was like so, the orange marble kind of looking yes. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, because it was supposed to represent Mars's surface if I remember correctly. Yeah, or the that, sun. That was, that was crazy. They're also called the the pizza Kobe's because they look like fucking pizza sauce splattered all over the shoe. The LeBron 10 reflects to have moon craters because I have a pair in the back. It's moon craters, but still gorgeous, gorgeous look. But here's the real winner in my book. Actually, obviously the 20, as I just said, but the Jordan Superfly worn by one Blake Griffin in this super bright colorway. I've played a couple games. I still probably have a pair of Superflies in the back. The first Superfly why they didn't call it the Blake Griffin one, I don't know. Because it was actually pretty damn good looking. It wasn't the best or the worst. Performed great, and Blake Griffin wore it. And that's when Blake Griffin was like the poster child of young NBA. So that's a big miss from Jordan Brand retrospectively. Like, call that line the Blake Griffin line, and that shoe probably sells. I think they did a, a three super flies, and they stopped. Yeah. Um, but. Man, that's a superfly line was really good from Jordan Brand, and they just so they titled have, it wrong. Yeah, so they must have still been trying to do like a a Wade shoe that year, right? Wade left the year after that. I want to say think, no, the year before was the last. That's when he wore the uh, the Wave of Wade two was the year before that. The the Jordan Wade two, you mean? Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Wow. No, yeah. Wow is uh, the one with Wow's the fucking the like, sniper logo. Yeah. On top. It's, yep. it's the second Jordan Wade, is what I'm trying to say. Fly yeah. Wade, fly. That's what I fly want. Wade. Fly yeah, Wade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Um, All right. I'm going I'm to let, let Robbie go off on the 2012 uh, sneakers because Complex One with the KD4 Galaxy. I think we, we should just, all disagree with that. Yeah. I still, I still. Correct. I mean, what's crazy is like the KD4 Galaxy is so good in any other year. It's probably one of the best shoes. Yep. I have to also preface this all too. The KD4 is not comfortable. Everybody out here, John Morant specifically hooping in the KD4, you're risking it, big fella, because that shoe is built for Kevin Durant's banana feet. And it's, I've never put on a signature shoe that's more anatomically built for the athlete in real world. LeBron, every athlete has modifications to their individual shoe that... It's documented, whatever. KD shit, literally a banana feel. That KD four is fucking a banana peel, and your foot's the banana. It makes it's so uncomfortable. But the print's great. The metallic it creases like a mother. I had a pair, so I know all this. The the 
crow's eyes at the at the toe box on the KD4 with that material creases so bad. It's awful. Um, I almost have to wax a little poetic about mellow stuff because I think it was like the mellow M7, I want to say. Um, M8, pardon me. Bulky, fantastic, great. Chris Paul 5, great. It was the Flyway 2. I was a year off. So Flyway 2 was this year, not the year before. All great shoes, right? None of them are the Galaxy Foam Posit, though. Like, the Galaxy Foam Posit is in that Mount Rushmore. Like, if you were just to do a really shitty Photoshop job and just put shoes over those old white guys' heads, it would have Galaxy Foam Posit, Tiffany Dunk, Jordan 1. And do you put Staple Pigeon as the last one? I don't know. It's up to you. But I think Jordan 1, fucking Tiff Dunk, and the Galaxy Foam are on the Mount Rushmore. Three of the four Mount Rushmore men. Most like important. I think that's a whole episode, but it could no be. mention no mention of the Jordan 2012. Those interchangeable slide-in, you know, cushioning systems and the the three different the, the like ankle wrap thing. Buy a Chris Paul five for a hundred dollars. Save the hundred dollars. I think they were they were probably two hundred for the price tag of the Jordan 2012, just to get six extra things. They think got three ankles and three airbags. Um, Go buy a Chris Paul 5. Go buy a Mellow M8. That's when Jordan Brand was really... I mean, they make good stuff now for signature athletes. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, the that Mellow, mellow stuff gets slept on. It's, it's ugly. It's bulky. It's not ugly. It's not for everybody. I don't find it ugly. But Mellow stuff is fire at points. <laughs> I would agree. I, I've, I've got definitely more than a handful of Mellows in my stash. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some... some Another hard pass here. 2011 complex said the Nike zoom KD three, you know, I think that's a gorgeous shoe, but I actually think that I would probably go. I mean, don't get me wrong. The LeBron eight is, is a great shoe. I gotta, I gotta give it to D Rose and those bright ass yellow D Rose ones. I mean, this guy was running circles around everybody else in the league. And then also came out with the brightest pair of shoes on the court for the All-Star game. Ooh, Hyperfuse Lows. Hyperfuse Low 2011. Because you're not wrong. That D-Row stuff is fantastic. It looks great. But are you talking about the Darren Williams player edition? There's a couple of them out there. Um, There's a whole pile. But Hyperfuse Lows. I think LeBron 8 is one of the best LeBron shoes ever released from general to the general public. It's a fantastic, the, the LeBron seven is a little too bright. You can't wear that every day. This is like a nice Royal blue with a nice black, again, gradient fades. Um, it's gorgeous. God damn it. That shows good. Takes, takes a hit of smack. Damn. That's good. But no, yeah, the <laughs> LeBron eights, some good stuff. The hyperfuse, the hyperfuse is really interesting. Cause like it was, Looking back, right, it was like still that like we're trying to figure out how to fuse these materials together where like once the KD4 came along, once you evolved past that, it was like, oh, everything is super lightweight. Mm -hmm. Well, the hyperfuse, I think, damn, Mount Rushmore's Mount Rushmore's of technology transforming designs um, based off of research and People playing in China, it's hot and humid there. They want to have a breathable shoe for those players. Um, that's where it basically came from. But it, it shows like the same reason why 
some shoes feel like cardboard with Zoom Air. That shoe is also just cardboard with Zoom Air, but it's plastic cardboard with Zoom Air. Like, but in, in a purposeful way, not in a bad way. But it's like, how do we make this affordable to anybody out there on the streets hooping, you know, an actual park outside? And how do we make it breathe? And that's how they did it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's actually, I don't know. Now that I think about it, I can't think of who wore the, on the Adidas side of that whole exact same approach, right? The crazy, the original crazy light that was like nine ounces or something. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, crazy fast, crazy light, crazy quick. Yeah. I'm not uh, sure who wore the original crazy light, but that was 2011. Somebody had to have worn it at All Star, and I just can't recall who wore it. I'm uh, looking it up that, right like, now. You guys keep going. It had that bright bluish color yeah. to it. Oh, the, yep. the the Jordan 2011 too. That's that's another one of those shoes where it's like, oh, you had to be there as a modern Jordan fan. That's another yeah. shoe where it's like, oh, you only wear Jordans bef- one to fourteen. Well, go put a pair of 2011s on and shut up. Yeah, that's <laughs> a great shoe. I actually, now, I thought I, it was D Rose that wore the crazy light because I thought that was the famous uh, commercial. I mean, he definitely wore it. I don't know if he wore it for All Star because so, he had that yellow one for All Star. Nick's right. It, the the rose was more of so it was the Addy zero. It was the Addy light, Addy blank. They Addy used the rose line light. as yeah. like his as like the pinnacle for the commercial side. So like D rose plus the Addy blank signature ah. and everything else kind of fl- you know flowed beneath that. But that's where you're 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 getting that thought from. Same era though. Same. You're right. Just Addy, you know, blank. And it is Addy Rose. I believe they marketed it at one point as the Addy Rose. Yeah, um, originally it was the Addy Rose one or whatever, one point five. You mentioned like the LeBron Seven, right? That that shoe is super dope. That the, I mean, obviously the retro did pretty well for a lot of people. You know, kind of f- fulfill that bucket list item without having the cost of of hunting down an original. Um, that's uh, that's who Complex had for twenty ten. I'm going to jump a little bit because we're going to run out of time, but like t- 2009 at Kobe four still one of still my favorite Kobe probably of all time is Kobe four, not necessarily the all-star colorway, but man, it's, it's hard not to just look at that shoe and think like, why do I not have more of these? Why don't we no, do no. 10 year? Cause I think we, we, we don't have time to go back to the eighties. It's just like a good little 10 year. Well, it's a little more than 10 year now. Good little look back. But the four, same. I don't have one pair of Kobe fours. And as a Kobe fan, I fucked up. I have a couple <laughs> pairs up. and I cherish them with all my life. I have the Prelude fours, which that's another pop art inspired shoe that is oh, definitely going to turn heads. And I also have a pair of gold medal fours that were my beaters because I was fortunate enough to take them to London. And my goodness, like the questions that I got on those essentially around the fact that where did you get them? It just lets me know that that is probably the defining shoe of that era. So I'm happy that I've got two left. Yeah, that was a crazy shoe. I think the other, you know, another defining shoe of the era, 2008, the Jordan 28 or the Jordan 23. Yep. I mean, again, another one of those shoes where like, oh, I only wear Jordans one through 14. Then you've never, you've never held a 23 in your hand because even the worst of them is awesome. It was a titanium, say, right? With like the limited all-star look, yep, right? Yep. yep. 
Now, I was just going to say, in hindsight as well, I wish they could have done more with the four because it is kind of bland. And obviously, we have the hindsight of seeing future colorways past that to truly capture the artistry of what's possible with the Kobe 4. But yeah, for the time being, it was a nice shoe. But I really hope that if we get the Kobe 4 in some way, shape, or form in the near future, that we truly take advantage of its potential. Yeah. Uh, uh, right 2007, now. Uh, they have the Nike Zoom LeBron 4 which is basically the, the graffiti Navy graffiti all-star PE, probably one of the first LeBrons that just never really released. Right. This was kind of the beginning of LeBron saying, no, I want my own, my own stuff. We'll make other stuff for other, you know, for people to buy. Iconic. I can't argue with that one. That's a, that's a great shoe. It's probably one of my favorite LeBrons. It's so good, it almost got me to buy a graffiti LeBron 8 retro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how good that shit was. Exactly. I think uh, going though. So we just, should we wrap there? Give let's just let's just do uh just like let's see what two eight. Let's do go to two thousand seven, so it'll just be fifteen years. Sounds good. Smart. Um oh I guess that is two thousand seven. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well on oh seven, I mean Wow. Anything else in 2007 you guys can think of? I'm trying to think. Is there any? I mean, 2008. I mean, we, I mean, 2007 also. Amari Stoudemire's signature line was in the books. He was at, at 08 was his second shoe. 07 was his first one. Um, the Kobe 2 in 07. Yep. Uh, we didn't bring up the Kobe 3 in 08. The beautiful waffle, the red with the gold. Oh, that's a good looking shoe. Um, Jason Kidd in 2008, too, with like a BB low, um, mm-hmm. a super sexy, uh, no, a Zoom Brave, um, Zoom Brave 2, I think it was, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, a Zoom Brave something, fire though. Um, Steve Nash, also with the a Zoom. BB lows, if I remember. Okay, yeah. So Jason Kidd found it. Jason Kidd was in the Zoom Brave 2. Steve Nash was in the BB2 low. Ah. Lots, of, lots of BB. Oh, Karam Butler with the flight school. Who remembers the Nike Air Flight School? Come on now. Rip had the 22, 2007. Shit Pierce with the um, P2. Ooh, Four. I just realized what we should just wrap on. Only because it's coming back as a retro. Gil, the, what is it? The Adidas yeah. Gil Zero. Adil Zero. Zero. Hibachi. Yep. <laughs> uh, he had the memorable All-Star Game memory where he jumped in the mascot dunking line at one point because Shaq said, you're not going to do it. And Gil said, the hell I won't. And then I believe he got around 15K for his charity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Donations. <laughs> Forced donations are fun. Yeah. I'm just wondering if he was given, if he gave Shaq the same option that he gave one of his teammates where he said, yeah, pick one. Oh, man. I mean, 07, I mean, Nikki brought it up, the graffiti. He wore like a, a what release was like a white and navy joint, um, white and navy LeBron 4. Um, yeah. And 2007 was kind of an interesting year and, and a good a good year to kind of wrap this conversation up on because it was also the uh, the Air Force 25 stuff, right? So like, yes, there was all those just crazy amounts of colorways. There was there was regular Air Force ones. There was Air Force 25s that were like, I mean, just I, I think they did like the the pack, right? That was like two grand for the whole pack, for the two pack of of Vegas. What like. <laughs> Uh, is there, yeah, like the Air Force One and the Air Force 25. They had the gold kind of hang tags on them. 
all the like gold. Remember those? Yeah, no, exactly. I know what you're talking about. Those are those were interesting. I mean, it's kind of the beginning of of the end for like crazy packs, right? It was like introducing like these outrageously priced things to to the public. Where before that, you know, up until 2007, 2008, the only things that really happened like that were like Soul Collector collabs or you know maybe some really exclusive stuff to some thing you didn't get invited to. I think. So to end, could we have this new segment I just thought of? It's called Does Nick Like This Shoe? And I think Nick likes this shoe. Um, <laughs> the all-star answer seven. Random as fuck. But we were, we were thinking about this. I was on the toilet earlier. I was like, all-star shoe games, all-star game shoes. And the answer seven stuck out in my brain so much. I like that shoe. Robert, do you think Nick likes that shoe before Nick says he, he likes that shoe? So as I glam and look up the answer seven, I think Nick would like the shoe. But if we can go a little bit more on this new segment, how do we want to do this? Do we just put a shoe and one person make an argument for and the other person make an argument against? And then ultimately Nick becomes the judge. No, because I just know he likes this shoe. <laughs> so this is like a rhetorical. No, I, I, I get why. This is this has got angle tendencies. I like it. I, I'm not mad at it. Yeah. Uh, so I can answer. Uh, <laughs> and in one second, because we didn't talk about. I'm doing this because we didn't talk about Allen Iverson once, and it's sacrilegious to bring up true, a whole yeah. All Star game we shoe. We got to talk about your Iverson conversation. Yeah. So yes, now you may answer. Yeah, I, I have like probably eight to ten different answer sevens definitely have the all-star version <laughs> you need to send me ones I, I don't have one and i really want one of them so i'll have to buy one off you the, the only thing that sucks about th- about that shoe at this point is like they have that like stickiness you know like when shoes get yeah. older and like certain stuff turns sticky you're just like damn that sucks but yeah it's a great shoe. sticky icky's good but not here i have a, i have another idea but i'm gonna i'm gonna share it with you guys after we hang up so Thank you all for tuning in for another episode of the Sneaker History Podcast. This has been an awesome conversation. I love talking to you guys. It's always a blast. And if you haven't joined the Discord, make sure you hit up the Discord and get in there. There is just an incredible amount of amazing human beings looking out for each other, helping each other get shoes, and you know, just having a good time. So um, otherwise, make sure that you connect with everybody on social, and I'll let these guys tell, tell you where they can find them. You can find me at Twitter, or rather on Twitter, at Rohizi, on Instagram, at rohadm 13 Robbie? You can find me um, bidding on the Kevin Durant, like, I mean, Kevin Garnett KG Bounce Vegas from 2007. God, that shoe is ugly. Um, you can find me, though, at Sneaker History. Just look me up there. Nick, how about you, yeah. my friend? You, you can find me at Nick Ingvall on all the platforms. Uh, more importantly, follow at Sneaker History. Thank you for listening, tuning in, watching. If you enjoyed this, join our Patreon, write a review, support, write a review, all those things, you know, the like, favorite, subscribe of the podcast game, I guess. Yeah. So we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Hey, everyone. This is Nick again. Before you take off, do us a solid and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Give us a rating on Spotify or Amazon Music and make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel because we have even more content coming for you in 2022. Speaking of new content. We have an amazing community of sneaker enthusiasts that hang out in the Sneaker History Discord on a daily basis. 
While sneakers is a connection point that brought us all together, we've all discovered countless shared passions we have in common with other people within the community. We recently launched the first of a handful of new podcasts that will be coming directly from our sneaker history community. We'll get into the details for those in a future episode, but I'm excited to share that the Exhaust Notes podcast is now live. This is a show about the world of cars, racing, and other automotive-related topics. If you're a fan of Formula One, Formula Drift, cars and coffee, or you're just a weirdo like me that enjoys the smell of gasoline, I think you'll enjoy this one. If you do, add Exhaust Notes to your subscribe list so you'll be updated when we drop future episodes. As always, thank you for supporting Sneaker History, and don't forget to tell someone you like their kicks today. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.